Chris, welcome. Let's, let's give him a warm, warm welcome. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming out. I'm from Minnesota originally, and so I was, re I was reading online that actually there are churches in Minnesota right now that are not having their Sunday service this morning because the weather is so crazy. So I have great respect for the fact that you made it this morning. I heard that even a little bit of snow uh, causes what my friend Helen described as snowmageddon here in Portland. So I'm thankful that you, that you braved the crazy snow and ice and wind and terrifying road conditions so that we could be here this morning. I really believe that God is going to speak to us in this time together. Uh, even just in, in the time of, of worship through music that we had previously, uh, the last few minutes in that moment of silence and in prayer and expecting, anticipating God, just had the sense that, that God is here with us and there's something really special that we get to encounter him today in his word. Eventually, I'm going to get to the book of Daniel this morning. So if you have, uh, if you have an app that you open or if you have one of those paper things, called the Bible, you can go ahead and get that out and get that ready. I'll get there eventually, but I just want to make sure that we all have kind of some context of what's, uh, what my life is kind of about these last few years so that we're all kind of on the same page. Um, I want to first show you a picture. Uh-oh. There it is. I think, nope. There it is. I think sometimes uh, I get boring, so I just decided that, you know, if I get boring, at least I can show you a picture of cute kids. And you can enjoy that. This is, my, this is my family, my wife Jamie and my two boys Enoch is five and Noah is three. I love being a dad. I love uh, getting to see these boys grow up, getting to see what God is doing in their hearts. And, and the fact that being a father is very similar to this, this walk of discipleship and this idea that we have of helping others to know about Jesus. So I'm so thankful that I have that privilege and that opportunity. The second thing I want to say this morning is that uh, I, th I think that the conversation that we have together as the, the broader family of God can last beyond this morning. And so I just want to invite you, if you would be so interested as to do so, if you have Instagram or Facebook or, uh, or any social media, if you could find me and if we could get connected, that would be super awesome. And I know that most of you are texting on your phones anyway, so if you want to take out your Instagram, that's cool, and you can open it up, and then we can all just stay in touch afterwards. But I also understand that some of you don't super like social media. In fact, I was in a car yesterday with a man named Ernest from church, and he said, I don't like social media, I just avoid it. So I understand there's some of you in this room that maybe think, oh, I don't like social media, that stuff. And so if you're one of those people, I invite you to send me an email. The email's up there. If you're interested, I'd love to stay in touch via email. I check mine almost every day, probably more than I should. And I'd just love for you to do that with me. Uh, but I know that some of you don't like social media. Some of you don't like email. And so I have one more final option, one more final plea, that if there are some of you in the room that would not want to do social media, that would not want to participate in email, if you could send me a letter, that would be cool. So I don't know, uh, I don't know what you prefer, but I, I would love to stay in touch with you. Already over the last few days, there have been opportunities for me Friday night and Saturday morning and, and into Saturday evening to connect with many of you. It's been really special for me. It's been really encouraging to have the conversations that we've been able to have and to even start to answer some questions for some people in their walk in faith and their discipleship journey together for how they're being discipled and also how they're discipling others. It's something that I'm so passionate about. And if there's any way that I can be a blessing to you even beyond this morning, I'd love to do that. So let's try to stay in touch.
as, as Pastor mentioned previously, my wife and I have been living in Taiwan now for 10 years. And so both of our boys are made in Taiwan. We enjoy our time there. We've, we've really loved to see what God has done. We have a cafe that, that we started and, and a church that we planted inside the cafe. Last year, we got to open up a second location of a, another cafe. And by the end of this year, we're hoping that we can launch a small education center so that we could connect with a, a growing body of people in Taiwan that I think could benefit from, from learning English in a little bit of a different way than they've known before. I think Taiwan is soon t uh, slotted to give legislation that makes English its official second language, which opens up some great opportunities for us uh, to, to be even more impactful there. And all of this, all the centers, all of the outreaches that we do, all of the, all the things that we do come down really to, to, to one thing. We, we want as the aroma to help people to smell, become, and to spread the aroma of Christ for the purpose of all of us being reconciled to the Father. In Taiwan, about 446 people per day pass away. Of that 446, about 432 of those people didn't know Jesus. They, they didn't have a chance to, to come to a wonderful church like this or to have someone in their family or, or amongst their friends or their coworkers to tell them about Jesus. They didn't have that chance. They didn't have that opportunity or they didn't take it. And they are entering into a Christless eternity. We know that God's word says who has the son has life, who doesn't have the son doesn't have life. And we want so much for every person to have access to the gospel, to have an opportunity to know the father, to be reconciled and back in relationship with him. That's what we're all about. That's what we really care about. And so today I want to talk a little bit about how my life and, and the lives of others in Taiwan have been affected by our willingness to respond to the moments in our lives when God is doing or saying something to us. I, I don't know what kind of experiences you've had in your life growing up. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home and so all your life, all you've known is coming to church on Sundays. That was my story. Uh, maybe some of you have just recently decided to, to make a step of faith or a confession of faith to follow Jesus. I know we're all along in different ways on the journey. We're all making different steps and we all have different things that God has affected us with. But I think we can all say that there's a moment in our lives when something changes. There's, there's a moment in our lives when something becomes different. Maybe uh, for you, you remember when you were a child and there was a moment when, for me, my faith went from being my parents' faith to really being mine. I remember the camp that I was sitting at. I remember I was sitting at this table and I was watching the sunset and listening to that song from the Psalms that says, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your love, O Lord, stretches to the sky. It's bigger than the mountains. It's, it's deeper than the ocean. And having this intimate experience with God, enjoying his presence and his love is one of the moments in my life where it switched from just being here in my head to being here in my heart. A, a transformative moment in my life where for those three or four minutes that I was listening to that song and the sun was setting, God was doing something in my heart. I'm sure that you have had moments like that. Maybe it was during a particular song that you, that you really love and somehow God touched you in a way. Maybe it was as you were reading the Bible, a verse jumped out at you and God communicated something to you. Maybe it was in a conversation you had with a friend or even it might have been in the context of something very difficult 
that you found yourself struggling with. God is so good, he can use even the worst cases and the worst situations in our lives to bring about good. It says in the end of Romans that he works all things for the good of those who love him. Even the greatest act in all of Christianity, Jesus dying on the cross, brought about the greatest resurrection, the greatest transformation in our lives. The, the most horrific thing, God himself dying, and, and you know, if you've, if you've researched it all or if you've watched Passion of the Christ, you know that it was a horrific death. And, and not just the physical elements of being beaten, but the, the shameful elements of, of, of being made fun of and being spat upon and having people ridicule you. He went through all of that. And in the midst of that difficult situation, that impossible situation that he faced, there was a moment in which he offered forgiveness to each of us. And in that moment, that single moment that he created for us, he brought about the redemption of all of humanity. Wow, moments are important. And we all go our lives filled with many moments. There are moments when we're growing up and moments in our jobs and moments with our families. There are times that something special happens. And today we capture those moments with pictures, right? We put them up on our Instagram or we send them to our friends. We capture these moments because we want to remember them. They did something in our hearts and in our lives. Today, I want to take a look at someone in the scripture who had a moment, who had a moment in time where he made a decision that changed the trajectory, not only of his entire life, but of an entire nation. And as we look at this man's life, as we look at the choice that he made in that moment, I want you to consider how in your life, you may be in the midst of a moment where you have a decision to make. I hope that you've been able to find Daniel. If you're flipping through from the beginning, Genesis is way before. If you get through to Matthew, you need to turn left for a few pages. Or you can just do what I do because I'm lazy and open an app and start to type D-A-N. You get to Daniel. Boom, you're there. So we're in Daniel this morning. I want to read a couple of verses out of the book of Daniel. And then I'd like to share a little bit about how I think Daniel's story is representative of something very special that all of us get to experience. In the third year, the reign of Jehoiakim, uh, just as a side, this is just a free, just a free lesson for all of you. Uh, there's a lot of really hard words to read in the Bible. And I once learned, and I just want to give you guys this free, like, this free bit of advice. If you are ever caught having to read a scary name in front of people, nobody knows what it really sounds like. <laughs> So if you just go and say it passionately, nobody knows. So read it with boldness, read it out loud, and everyone will think that you are a smart Bible scholar. No one will know the difference. That's what I do. I make it up as I go. So I could have said Jehoiakim, I could have had Jehoiakim, and you guys would have been like, wow, he must have gone to Bible school. I just want to give you guys that free piece of advice because I think if nothing else today, you'll know how to read Bible names as we leave, and I just want you guys to leave equipped to really be successful in the rest of your life. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and to the place of the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, the chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, 
Youths without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. This is verse 5 in chapter 1. The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah of the tribe of Judah, and the chief of the eunuchs gave them these names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. Here's verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Daniel is living in a moment. He's living in a time and space where something difficult is before him and where we'll see he has a decision to make. And so all of us are in moments in our lives. You might be in a moment in school where you realize you've got a choice to make. You may be in a moment with your family. You might be at work when suddenly your eyes are opened to an opportunity that is before you, to a moment that you are in. And you have a choice to make. We all have choices to make. This is one of the beautiful things about the way that we're created. We're created free people to make the choice to give all of our love and all of our affection to God because that's what he did for us. And all of you today are coming here with a choice. In a moment in time, you are here today. We're going to look at what that moment looks like together. Daniel had this bad situation that came to him. Daniel was part of nobility, the royal family. Daniel was part of a group of special people in the kingdom of Israel. And yet because of some of the poor decisions that kings and other leaders in the country of Israel had made, it came to be that Israel as a nation was being taken over. And, and I don't know exactly how the story went, but I know that oftentimes when one country took over another in these times, it was not a pretty sight. People died. Cities were burned. Oftentimes it was accompanied with raping and pillaging and stealing and destroying not only the physical elements of every city and every part of that nation, but also the morale. The emotional stability of the nation was being torn apart. There was a people that were in a horrible situation. Probably many of their family members had been at the very least beaten and probably were no more. Daniel probably watched his own family members get maimed, get beaten, probably killed. And Daniel watched not only family members and friends being destroyed, but he also watched the country that God had promised would be so strong, that God had promised would be so good. Daniel watched that country get dismantled and defiled. And all of the good things that were about this country were being taken and destroyed and brought to another place, brought to Babylon. Daniel was in a difficult situation. And, and, and as I recalled earlier, Daniel is part of the royal family. He's part of the nobility. He's a leader. He's seen as someone who's, who's special and important and has something special. And yet these people that brought Daniel from Israel into their country 
they had a different plan for Daniel. Originally, Daniel's plan was probably something along the lines of serving his country well and helping people. And after he watched his family get destroyed and his nation get torn apart, Daniel was brought captive into the king's palace. And Daniel was brought to a place where he was not expecting anything else good to happen. And the plan for Daniel and the rest of his friends was that they would feed him certain food that was against what he was supposed to eat, according to God. And that they would teach him things that were against what he had already learned. And the goal was that by the end of this period of time, Daniel essentially would be brainwashed into living and serving a particular way to help a particular people that were not the people that he was originally from. Daniel is in a tough situation. There's a battle for Daniel's mind at play here. There's a difficult situation that he's in. He's not exactly sure how it's going to work out. And we get to this point in the scripture and we realize that Daniel is in one of these moments. Daniel's in a moment where he has a decision to make. And you have to remember, as you look at the story of Daniel and as you think about your own life, you might feel like you don't have a decision to make. You might feel like you're trapped in a particular, I have to do it this way. But we were created to be free. And Jesus, by the power of his work on the cross, by his death and his resurrection three days later, has set us free. And he's given us a new life to live. And we all have decisions to make in this journey of faith. And so whatever you might be facing today, whatever difficult situation, whatever moment you're in, today we take a step back and we look at how God is in that situation, no matter how terrible it might feel in the moment. God is in the midst of this situation and God has an opportunity for you to do something great. So let's look at what happened with Daniel. Daniel knows the plan. Get ripped away from my country, watch it destroyed, lose all my morale, get brainwashed, get fed a certain kind of food, and get trained in a certain kind of way so that I can serve a king that is not following God and I can do things that are not what I'm supposed to be doing. We get through these first seven verses and it feels heavy, right? As, as I describe it, I mean, I, even physically, I, I feel weight in my body because I can sense even just a little bit how difficult it must have been for Daniel to be in an impossible situation and to probably have no idea what to do. And yet as we read through the rest of this chapter and into the rest of the story of Daniel, there's a turning point right here at the beginning of verse 8. And, and I, I love how the first seven verses are all about the odds being stacked against us. All about the odds being stacked against Daniel. The king has done the wrong thing. The, the king has been destroyed. The royal family, the nobility are being torn apart and ripped away from their home. And all the bad things that are happening. Can you imagine, friends, for just a minute, all the horrible things that might be happening in your moment in time? Maybe it's about the economy. Maybe it's about your job. Maybe there's a, a brokenness in your family. Maybe you go to school and you see the difficulty that is put before you. And you can see how it feels like society is going the opposite direction of God. And every law that, that they make 
in the government and every decision that your teacher makes. And, and it seems like even sometimes maybe everything that your parents are doing, everything that your kids are doing is opposite exactly. It's like they heard what God said they're supposed to do and they thought, hmm, I'll do the opposite of that. You're sitting in this situation and you can list out all of the terrible things that might be happening in your specific moment. I, I want us to feel that because these first seven verses are designed for us to feel the weight of the situation that Daniel was in. The weight of the situation, the difficulty of the situation. I think sometimes it's easy for us as Christians to come with our nice face on on Sunday to say, oh, everything seems all right. And then you go back the rest of your week and you realize it's not that great. I'm in a horrible situation. And we never even give ourselves a chance to grieve or give ourselves a chance to, to be realistic, to be vulnerable, to be open about the difficulty, the impossibility of the situation that we might be facing. Maybe there's a relationship that's broken up. Maybe you're just in a car accident. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with, with commitment. You're in a relationship now and you're, you're struggling with the commitment that it takes to do the right thing in that relationship. Maybe... Maybe at work or at school, you, you see someone else who's constantly getting picked on and beaten up. And you maybe have a sense of what you could do, but you know that the results of that will be even worse, it feels, than the situation itself right now. And you're not sure how it's going to go. That's the weightiness of what Daniel felt. It feels impossible. I feel trapped. I feel trapped in my situation. I don't know what's going to happen. But Daniel, it says in verse 8, but Daniel, but Daniel resolved. This is the turning point in Daniel's life. He had been part of a royal family. He had some ideas. There were some things that happened. And all of that, he looked back to all of that. And then he said, right now, in this moment, I am going to make a decision. I am going to resolve that I will stand for what is right. That I will do the right thing no matter what the consequences are that I face. Daniel resolved and it changed history. Daniel resolved and it changed history. Daniel moments are all around us. And I want to start first by just really quickly rehashing and, and reminding us of the Daniel moment that Jesus had. Jesus, about to start his ministry, chose to get baptized. You probably remember the story. He got baptized. And at the end of his baptism, something really special happens. As I was preparing for today, I didn't have this planned in my notes. And I just, I couldn't get past this moment. Jesus, as he's getting baptized, he comes up out of the water. And a voice from heaven calls out. It's God the Father. He says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. This is my son. Before Jesus did anything, before he proved anything, before he figured out the right Daniel moment in his life, he had a word of identity, a word of blessing spoken over him. And today, I, I, I feel like God is doing that for you. Jesus, of course, he's God 100%. But it says that he gave up his God-like characteristics in Philippians 2. It says he made himself in every way to be like a man. And in doing that, he gave up so much of what it meant to be God. He set that aside for a moment. Still 100% God. I'm not abandoning that theology at all. But I, I sense there's, there's a space in which Jesus didn't 
know all of the answers. And Jesus had to be reliant on his relationship with the Father because he came to this earth to show us a way to live. And if I look at Jesus as 100% God, then I remove myself, I abdicate myself of the responsibility to walk as Jesus did. So Jesus gave up that God-likeness, and he came to earth as a man, and he came to show us a better way. And as he got baptized, and as the Spirit filled him, Father said, this is my son. And I feel like today, for many of you in this room, God is saying that to you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I'm well pleased in you. And not because you got 100% on your test, and not because you got the perfect job, and not because you sing in the choir in church, or because you serve in the Sunday school, not because of anything that you did, but because you're my child and I love you and I chose you. It's from that place of identity that Jesus then was able to withstand the temptation in the desert in the next chapter, chapter four. And Jesus was ultimately able to go to the cross and to die, to give of himself completely for all of us because he knew who he was and he knew what he was called to. In the same way Daniel knew who he was, he knew what he was called to. He knew that no King Nebuchadnezzar, that no difficult situation, that no impossible, imperfect problem that we're facing could ever rob us of who we are. And so Daniel resolved, Jesus resolved, all throughout scripture, all throughout history, and even today, we see Daniel moments. I've been told that a way to help people remember is to do something silly. So, I'm gonna ask you guys for some, for some participation. Get your hands ready, can I see some hands? There we go, you're not taking notes anyway, good. You got hands, okay. Every time I say the word Daniel moment, I want you to make a hashtag with your hand. Hashtag, you know? I want you to make a hashtag and then like this, okay? I know it's silly. I hate it too, but it's okay. You're going to be fine. Nobody's looking at you. You're all looking at me. It's fine. Daniel moment. Are you ready? Okay, let's practice. Daniel moment. Okay. All right, you guys are doing good. Daniel moment. Wow, you guys are amazing. Okay, so as I rifle through these stories, as I share through these stories of what God is doing in the world today in Taiwan, I want you to remember that each one of these are a Daniel moment. Oh, come on, come on, that's right. Daniel moment, wow, you guys are good. Okay, so each of these are an opportunity in time when a person had a choice to make and they made a choice and God moved powerfully through them. This first one is my friend Jennifer. She's young and she's inexperienced and she doesn't know everything that she's supposed to know. She doesn't have it all figured out. She's like 22, I think. Jennifer doesn't have all the answers. Jennifer doesn't know everything that she's supposed to do. And yet Jennifer had a moment in time. Recently, in the last couple months, I asked her if Jennifer, I said, Jennifer, I know that you don't have all the answers. I know that you really don't, in a lot of ways, know what you're doing, but I feel like God is choosing you to be the person who steps up and helps us start this educational center. And in a Daniel moment, Jennifer said yes. And Jennifer now is helping us to start this education center. But the thing that excites me the most is the way Jennifer prays. The other day we were getting up to a deadline where our business plan had to be written. And it was a couple weeks before the business plan and we had almost nothing. We've been researching for two months almost. We had almost nothing and Jennifer said, I'm starting to pray because I know we're pressing up against this deadline. Within two weeks, we were put in touch with someone who has extreme skills in the very area that we were missing in market analysis. And this person who's done market analysis for Nestle, the chocolate company in the country of Australia came and donated over 40 hours of his own time for free to help Jennifer finish writing the business plan by the end of January. Daniel moment. 
Because she prayed. Because Jennifer resolved, I will not give up. I will keep going. I will not give up. Even though the situation is impossible, Daniel moment. I'm only going to do it like five more times. You'll be fine. <laughs> this next one is my friend Andrew. Andrew's got the Santa hat on, and he's smiling that big, beautiful smile. Andrew is my friend. Andrew recently decided that he wanted to get baptized a few months ago. And yet, as he made his decision to get baptized, his parents said, if you get baptized, you're no longer our son. That's real. That, that sounds like an impossible situation. That sounds like I don't know what I'm going to do because on the one hand, I know that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is God and I love Jesus and my life is being changed by Jesus. My life is being transformed by Jesus. And yet on the other hand, all I've ever known is my family. And I have a decision to make. I have a Daniel moment. Andrew made the decision, and, and I, it was beautiful because a couple months ago he said, I want to get baptized. And then when his parents said that, he said, I need to take more time because I want to pray and because I want to make sure that my family understands the reason why I'm doing this. And so he did. And I had the privilege, I think I've got a picture here, of dunking him in a little Rubbermaid bathtub last Sunday, one week ago. We got him in the tub, and we pushed his head down in the water. And we pulled him up out of the water and we said, you're baptized in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptized, amen. And we stood up in a crowd. I wish I could show you the crowd of people on the other side of this picture behind the, behind the picture. 80 people cheered and laughed and yelled and cried together as Andrew made the choice. Andrew had his Daniel moment in which Andrew knew my life is all about Jesus. And regardless of the consequences that I might face, I will continue to follow him no matter what. This is our friend Sarah. Sarah's been serving in the ministry for uh, almost 10 years now. And Sarah recently coming back from a home service where she was in the States touring and sharing similar to what I'm doing this morning. Sarah came back without a specific plan. And in the process of this, we've been struggling because our, one of our cafes, we haven't been able to keep it open because we haven't had a good manager. Sarah came back. She had just gotten an MBA. And Sarah made the choice to say, I will be the one who takes this cafe and reopens it again. Against all odds, Sarah doesn't have the experience. Sarah doesn't have the understanding. Sarah doesn't know all the stuff. She doesn't have the perfect language. She doesn't know all the connections. She's never done it before. And yet Sarah, in this moment, made a decision. Against all odds, against all the circumstances, Sarah made a decision to follow Jesus. And to say, yes, I will do this. I will respond to what Jesus is doing in my life. It's amazing to me to hear story after story after story of people in our community and people all around the world who are having Daniel moments. You're, you're, some of you are dropping out. Let's try again. Get your hands ready. Okay. Uh, I, 10 more minutes. They, they said I go to 10.15. Okay. So Daniel moments. Are you ready? People after people after people, every person in this picture has had a Daniel moment in their life in the last couple years. Come on, you guys are good. You got it, come on. I'm even slipping them in there and you guys are keeping up, good. Every people, every person in this picture has had a moment in time where they had to make a decision, where there were difficult odds stacked against them, where things felt impossible, where people were trying to brainwash them, where the world seemed to be going a different direction, and yet they stood firm in who they were because they had heard the Father's voice saying to them, you are my son. You're my daughter. I'm well pleased because of you. I love you. I chose you. You're mine. Friends, we are all living in a Daniel moment. 
all of us are living in a time and space where the odds are stacked against us, where we don't know what's going to happen. Where, you know, what could have happened for Daniel? I'm sure that many of you have read the rest of the story, but you know what? They could have said, Daniel, you're stupid, and he's dead. They could have. That could have been the end of the story. It could have been a one-chapter book. Daniel's gone. That could have been eight verses. Daniel resolved. Yeah, Jesus, you're gone. It could have been that Daniel tried and Daniel said, no, I don't, want to, I don't want to go this way. I want to go the way that God has called me to. And it could have been a life of difficult impossibilities. But we see something amazing and miraculous in our friend Daniel. Daniel resolved. And the results are that Daniel had favor with leaders. Daniel had breakthrough physically and emotionally and spiritually in fact, it says that Daniel and his friends ended up being 10 times better than anybody else in that whole graduating class. Can you imagine what it would be like if you were 10 times better because you chose to follow God regardless of what anything might happen? I don't know. I, it could be that you choose to follow Jesus and it's still a difficult and hard life. It doesn't change the answer. Daniel's still resolved. But I have a feeling, I have a sense that there are people in this room that even today and even this week, even this month, they're going to make a decision to be resolved, to do the right thing, to stick through in that relationship when you feel like leaving, to honor your boss when everything around you tells you just to dishonor them, to care for that homeless person on the street, to love your kids, to share the gospel with your friends. There are opportunities all around you. And I can't help but thinking about how the decisions that you make in these moments are going to change the course and shape of history. That's what happened for Daniel. Daniel resolved. Daniel ended up being 10 times better than the rest of, than the rest of the people in the graduating class. And the result is scary. Daniel gets into the king's inner chambers. He has the opportunity of a lifetime to influence not only just a few people around him, but to influence an entire nation. I don't know which one of you is going to change America. I don't know which one of you is going to go to some foreign distant land and be the one who resolves and who changes the course of an entire nation. I don't know which one of you it is, but I do know that there's at least one of you in this room that are willing to respond, that are willing to begin walking in a Daniel moment, because you are the people that God has chosen. You are the sons and daughters. You are the mothers and fathers and the grandpas and grandmas and the aunts and the uncles. You are the people who make a difference in the world because you are the ones who resolve. I want to end with a silly story. This is a tooth. I, actually, it's a bunch of teeth. They were doing some research uh, and they, they dug up the bones of this lady and they, they estimate, I don't know how... Carbon dating, I don't really get how that works, but apparently you can know something. This lady is a thousand years old. This lady is a thousand years old. And they dug up her teeth, and they found in her teeth this little crystal of a material, this blue material, from a thousand years ago. And they realized that this little blue crystal tells a story of a life that was dedicated to a particular art. My question for us, what are they gonna find in our teeth? What are they gonna find in your teeth? What's so important to you that you dedicate your entire life to this? Because a thousand years from now, so much of what I do in my life is not gonna matter. 
What is going to matter is a life filled with Daniel moments where I walk in the truth and the life and the power of the spirit that is at work in me. This is what discipleship is. Somebody asked me earlier today, so you're going to talk about discipleship today. And I wanted to answer yes and no because I wasn't going to be like, this is your five-step discipleship plan. What I am going to say is this. What is God saying to you? What's your Daniel moment? And what are you going to do about it? You have an impossible situation. We can come up here and I can have person after person after person stand up here and share story after story after story about how your life is hard and how it's difficult. I totally get that. My life's tough too. I have some stories that are written in my notes that I can tell you about some very difficult things that are happening. There's Andrews. There's many more Andrews of people who are being told by their parents, if you choose to get baptized, you will no longer be part of this family. There are stories of people who choose to follow Jesus and they lose their jobs. In the, in the author of Hebrews, as he reads through, he says, some of you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. There were people that lost their homes. There were people that lost their lives. There were people that lost their family. There were people that lost their jobs and lost opportunities that they had because they chose to follow Jesus. But a thousand years from now, we're not going to remember the house we lived in. A thousand years from now, we're not going to remember the job we had. But a thousand years from now, I want all of you to be the people that find a little chunk of Jesus in your teeth. And I know that you are the people that are going to do that. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to have a couple songs where we're going to respond. I don't know what response looks like for you. As, as we began worshiping together in music this morning, tears started coming to my eye because there's a part of that song where I, I didn't actually know the right lyrics. It says, we overcome. I've always sang it, the weak overcome. And it just hit me. I'm weak. I don't have all the answers. I make lots of mistakes. I sin sometimes. I do the wrong thing. I make mistakes. And yet the weak overcome because of who Jesus is. And you are free today to make a Daniel moment choice in your life because of who he is. God, I pray for my friends. I don't know what Daniel moment they're facing. I don't know how difficult their life is. They might be in a broken home where a dad abandoned them or where, where mom's not living up to their expectations. They might be in a broken school where they're being told that they can't even be allowed to talk about Jesus. They might be in a work situation where they're being beat up emotionally or maybe even physically by a boss. They might be getting taken advantage of. They might be getting underpaid. They might be losing property. They might be having lawsuits brought against them. And yet when we come together in this place, something stirs in my heart to tell me that we are all in the middle of a Daniel moment. And if we're willing to, if we're willing to respond to you, God, if we're willing to resolve, if we're willing to grit our teeth and to make the choice that we'll follow you, even when the king says to do something else, even when society tells us to do something else, even when we feel like everything is going the opposite direction, we are the ones because we know who we are. We've heard you say, you are my son. You are my daughter. God, I, I believe that there are some people today that don't know that they've ever heard that before. They've come to church. Maybe they've prayed a prayer, but maybe they haven't had that intimate beautiful experience where they watched the sunset and they heard you speak your love over them. God, I pray, I don't know if it's going to be in this moment right now as we sing or if it's going to be tonight when they put their head on the bed or if it's going to be next week, but I pray, God, that each of these people in this room would have an encounter with you and an encounter with your love, an encounter with your voice speaking to them. Maybe it's through a Bible verse or maybe it's through a conversation or a song, but that they would hear you clearly say, you are my son. You are my daughter. I chose you. I love you. You're part of the family, not because you perform, but because you are. 
God, I pray that you would remind each of us of our identity and then you would show us how we can be the royal people. We can be the people of nobility, the, the royal family that makes the gritty, tough, difficult decision to follow you regardless of the results. You're so good, God. For some of these people here, it might mean staying exactly where they are and continuing to do the thing that they've kept doing. And today is just another encouragement for them to keep going. For some people, God, it's, it's a chance that we need to change, that we, we need to turn around and go the opposite direction because we've been doing things that are not in line with your kingdom and your truth. And, and for some of us, maybe it means that we need to step forward and step into something new. Maybe it means leaving behind a, a job that's comfortable and safe or moving to a new city or maybe even moving to a new country. And like Daniel, it will feel difficult to be uprooted and we will miss family and friends and we will miss the comfort of what we had before. But God, there's something stirring in us. And you are going to meet us here now. You're going to meet us this day, this week, this month, this year. 2019 is a year filled with Daniel moments. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my friends that are here today. And God, we, we, we give this moment up to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, friends. This episode is from a sharing at Portland Chinese Alliance Church where I dissected Daniel chapter one, in which we see that the moments of our lives make a big difference. We can impact for God's kingdom greatly. I hope you're encouraged to see how God is moving in your life and how the decisions that you make further his kingdom.